Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. Welcome back from uh, the almost hurricane. Haley, that happened. <laughs> hey, can everybody stand up? Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. We want to say hello to all our campuses and especially our campus in Oahu. We are praying for you and all that you're uh, juggling and handling over there and helping out with the fires in Lahaina and all the people that are still suffering there. What a tragedy. Uh, so we keep you all in prayers. Let's give them a big hand for God bless y'all. And if you've ever been, I don't, anybody ever been to Lahaina here? In, uh, it's a city that, a little community I've been to many, many times and have favorite places to go there. It's heartbreaking to see the video from what has happened and hear what's going on. So, um, and our world, um, there were shootings this week, I think three or four uh, mass shootings around the country, one racially motivated in Jacksonville, Florida, and just all the stuff going on in politics and in economics and world go global governments, um, it, the foundations are shaking. However, our foundations on the rock of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? How, however, I would, I would encourage you to just step back a minute as you look at what's going on in the news and not think, one, things are going to go back to where they were because the global powers are even telling you they're not. And number two, understand, okay, God, you have placed me in uh, the world in 2023 to experience all this, where it goes, who knows, um, but it is not, uh, it is anti-Christ. And so we wanna make sure that we are pro-Christ, and I say pro-Christ, we are standing on the, on the rock of our salvation, Jesus and the gospel, and understand what that means to give people hope when they start realizing what's going on is not a good thing. And so uh, I, I can't encourage you enough. I am more and more convinced every day as I watch the news and hear what's going on and, and hear stuff going on behind the scenes, how um, the plan is moving forward to some culmination. I don't know when that's going to be, uh, but it is definitely becoming more anti-God. I was actually talking to a pastor uh, from Pakistan uh, after the first service about the persecution, the churches burning, the people being killed there for their faith. And I said, you need to pray for us because we're not there yet. Uh, you're ahead of us, so uh, I just want to encourage all of you and your faith. Don't take this lightly, and don't see this as the show you go to on Sunday, uh, because it's not a show to us. Uh, we're fighting demons all week. We can, this, is the, this is the easiest part of my job, is, is doing this. Uh, all week we're fighting demons, and it's real. And so um, we, we struggle and fight to deliver you some hope, some encouragement, direction for what you can do when you go home. So please... Don't take this as a check the box and then go home and go about your business because, um, matter of fact, I was reading Matthew this week about uh, Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night and there are going to be people who think I was good and you're not. And I was checking me. I was checking me. So I want to encourage you to check you. Amen? Amen. Y'all like, dang. <laughs> but we're gonna fight. Come on, baby. We're gonna fight. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Give someone a high five next to you. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I am um, constantly learning Spanish, and I'm gonna preach um, a week from Friday at a, a men's conference here at another church called La Roca. It's called The Rock in Spanish. 
And I just did a promo video for in the back. And at the end, I went, vamos. And, and the uh, lady was there. She speaks Spanish. I had, I had to have someone there to check my Spanish. She said, you said vamos like vamos. You got to go vamos. Let's go. So I had to do the whole thing over again. You know what I'm saying? So I said, let's go. So vamos, vamos. Are y'all ready to go? Okay, okay. Um, turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I love being in church. If you are a visitor, say amen. amen. Welcome to The Rock. I am Miles McPherson, and we are 23 years old as a church. We have six locations, five here in San Diego, one in Oahu, and we're glad you are here wherever campus you're at. God bless you. Um, how many of you remember being a little kid and when it would rain or when someone was watering their yard, there was water flowing down the, the, the street or through a creek and there were sticks and leaves blocking the flow of the water and the water was building up and it was like a little dam and you wanted to see it flow better so you got a stick and you started moving the leaves or if you, if you know Miss Jackson and you're a nasty boy, you put your hands in there. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. <laughs> and you uh, let the, and, and when you moved the sticks and the leaves away, the water went whoosh. Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that? Okay, girls, I don't know if y'all girls did it, but us boys, we played and stuff like that. That was nasty. And what happens is the water would, would get caught up like a little dam, and then you would move the leaves, and it would go whoosh. Everyone go whoosh. On three, say whoosh. One, two, three. On three. On three. On three. On three. One of those today's. Okay, ready? One, two, three. How many of y'all want to have a financial whoosh in your life? Come on now. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about money matters. Money does matter, and there are matters concerning money. And God talks about money. 30% of Jesus' parables are about money. It's not necessarily about cash, but what cash represents as a metaphor for valuable things and things that we can tend to hold on to tighter than our faith. So God talks about money. He talks about money as something that multiplies, something that is of value, something that is entrusted to us. But you're not going to take any of it with you. You're not going to take cash with you. You're not going to take crypto with you. You're not going to take pesos with you. None of it. God's, when you, matter of fact, when you go to heaven, you're going to walk on streets of gold. It's going to be pavement. There's something so much more valuable to our relationship with him, but we get distracted by this shiny thing. And so we're going to talk about money. And when, when you think about the whoosh, everyone say whoosh on three. I paused. I knew you were going to do it. On three, man, I, thought, I got to count to one, two, three. Okay. One, two, three. Say whoosh. Uh, God wants a whoosh to happen in your life because he doesn't want you to focus on the money that you get versus the money that you that passes through you it's not God is not giving money to you he wants to give money through you you don't give money to the church you give money through the church so when God blesses you he's not blessing you just for you when he blesses you with talent he's not blessing you with talent just for you Imagine if Whitney Houston, God bless her soul, uh, and all the great singers, um, God blessed them with the ability to sing, and they went into a room by themselves and sang with no, nobody listened. Imagine if when I got saved, God said, I made you to be a speaker, and I said, oh, I'm going to be a speaker, and all I did was stand in front of the mirror and go, yeah, just preach to the mirror all day. 
we wouldn't be here. And so God doesn't bless you for you. He blesses you. He wants to bless not to you, give blessings to you, but he wants to give blessings through you. And then when you bless the church, as, as one of the places you bless, God blesses you through the church to the community. That's how we help the community. Through your generosity, of generosity of your money, generosity of your time, generosity of your expertise, generosity of your opportunities, your open doors, your relationships. That's how it happens. And so we want to talk today about a money metaphor. We're going to talk about the concept of reaping and sowing and reaping. Now, some of you may think, well, should we pray to be blessed? I would say, yes, I want to read something to you. It says in Matthew 7, verse 8, I'm just going to read this to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it shall be open. What man... Is there among you, if his son asks for a bread, would give him a stone? Not a good dad. If he asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? Not a good dad. A bad dad would give him a serpent. But if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? There's a lot, of, a lot in that message and passage, and one of them is a parenting metaphor that how we parent should mirror how God parents us. And so when you are a bad dad, you are casting a bad light on your heavenly father because people are going to assume that the heavenly father is like their earthly father. That's a separate lesson. But what God is saying here, that if you can be good, how, how, do, how good do you think I'm going to be? And so we should expect a good, as we expect a good parent to bless their kid, we should expect 10 times more that, that God would bless us. God wants to bless you. Now, I'm not talking about God hooking you up where you don't have to work. Gimme, 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 gimme. You know, and a, a lot of my generation, we try to do good for our kids. I, my kids are in their 30s, and, and now I have a grandson who's nine, and I have a granddaughter who's four and a half months, and she is so beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> we try real hard to bless our kids, and sometimes you could try too hard and make things too easy. And people get entitled. I'm not saying my kids are entitled. I'm just saying I've seen a lot of parents that, that we do that. I'm not saying that where God just make things easy for me. No, but God wants to bless you just like you want to bless your kids. So we're going to talk about the concept of sowing and reaping. Everyone say sow. sow. Not sow. Sow. Sow means to plant. Reap means to harvest. Sow means to give. Reap means to take. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be conceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The question is, are you a cul-de-sac or a freeway? Are you a place where the blessings stop and end, or are you a blessing, a place, a person where the blessings flow through? Now, when the blessings flow through you, it doesn't mean you don't enjoy them. Absolutely the opposite. Not only do you get enough to enjoy, but you also get enough to enjoy giving and seeing someone else enjoy and learn how to be a blessing to someone else. And so the question is, do you want to be a cul-de-sac where it's, oh, you know, it's all about me. It's all, I'm trying to get paid. And that's all you're thinking about. 
Or are you going to be someone who says, Lord, I want to be someone who sows and reaps and sows and reaps and sows and reaps and the harvest of what you have given me grows beyond whatever I can ask or imagine. Two foundational principles and four points. Principle number one, God is not mocked. God will not be mocked. Reciprocation is an eternal principle of give and take. Look what it says. God is not mocked. Do not be deceived. Be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Some of you think, well, that's, that sounds like fate to me or karma. The problem with fate and karma is that it's random. This is like, well, you know, just what goes around comes around. Oh, it's true. What goes around comes around. It's for sure true, but it's not random. It is very intentional by God. Now, some of the things you see out there that you call fate, and you're not really understanding what's happening. In other words, if something may happen to you, you may think, God's getting me back. It may not be that God's getting you back as much as God is teaching you something, or you just did something that someone, uh, there was a guy the other day, and I think it was yesterday. I don't usually laugh at people when bad things happen to them, but this was different. It was a dude that he mugged people and he stole people from stuff. He was a thief and he tried to rob people, and he ended up trying to rob an MMA fighter. He got his butt whooped. His face was all jacked up. His mugshot was like his. And, and, and they showed the dude that he robbed. He was all in the, in the cage, just doing, doing what they do. And, and even the people in the news were kind of laughing at him, like, this dude robbed the wrong dude. He got what was coming to him. But, if you, but God not being mocked means that God is going to intentionally reward you and compensate you and reciprocate your actions in a way that helps you become more like him. It's not random. And sometimes because we don't understand what's going on, we think God is trying to get us. God doesn't have to wait for you to do something to get you. God is trying to love you and guide you and direct you. How many of y'all got drunk and you got hung over and you threw up and had a, a long, nasty night? Y'all are kind of like, oh, should I admit this in church? Oh, that brother's trying to trap me. Someone's going to come over and pray for me right now up in here. Anybody, anybody, anybody? Hey, for all y'all other campus, people over here like this, like this. It's cool. It's cool. in church. It's cool. We're all sinners. Okay, let's try this. How many of y'all are sinners up in here? Okay, there we go. Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, so when you, you were having a good time and God was like, mm, this ain't going to end good. This ain't going to end good. He wasn't trying to beat you down. He's like, you know, you, you, you went over the line. And so the, the principle of reciprocation, look what it says in Luke chapter 638. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. What God is saying, Jesus is talking about, you give and I'm going to press it down, shake it together, and it's going to overflow back to you. You give, I give you back. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 2.30. Far be it from me for those who honor me. This is God talking. If you honor me, I will honor you. Reciprocation. Those who despise me, I will esteem lightly. If you honor me, I'll honor you. 
You obey me, I bless you. Reciprocation, that is God's law. He can't, he can't deny that. You know, people think, well, God can do anything. He can't. He can't deny his own character. So if God is telling you that I'm a God of reciprocation, that if you, what you sow, what you reap, he has to keep his word. He can't go back on his word. He's not going to mock himself. Look what it says in, in James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you say to God, God, I, I'm pursuing you. I want to draw near to you. I want to, God's going to like, let's go. He's not going to go, eh, I got busy. No, he, he, you, you draw near to God. Watch this, watch this. Because God is faster than you and God's steps are bigger than you. You could take a big step like that. God, because he's faster than you and bigger than you, he's like, whoop. So you draw near to him, he draw near to you. That's what happens. You can even visualize that. And, and in your house, God, I'm drawing near to you. And visualize that he is drawing near to you, even though he's already there. He's going to become more intimate with you. He's telling you that. So number one, God is a God of reciprocation. Okay? God, number two, God provides, or B, God provides the seed to be sown. Whatever you sow, God has already given you. James 1.17, every good Thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. You give money, God gave you that money. Well, he didn't give me that money. I got a job. I went to school and I studied and I got an A and then I applied and got my head did and went down and interview and, and, and I got the job. Well, God gave you the nails to get colored. God gave you the hair, and whether it was real or fake, he gave you that hair. <laughs> he gave you those lips, whether they are real or fake. He gave you that tan, whether it was real or fake. He gave you the opportunity to get a job, the intelligence to get a job, the, the opportunity to get educated, the connection to get the job, the bus ticket to get to the job, and the dress to wear the job, the voice to do the job. And if you don't believe all that and you think it's all you, he can take your job. Please don't ever do this. And I, and I always tempted not to say don't do something because then people do it. But if you ever like really get a real attitude towards God and think this is mine, this is mine, I did this, I did this. This is my car. This is my car. Tell God he can't take it. Now, don't do that. But just the thought of that kind of goes, oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Maybe he did. Maybe it is his. But imagine if you said to God the opposite. It's yours, whatever you want. My house is yours, whatever you want. My money is whatever you want. My body, whatever you want. It's yours. God's like, blessing. Blessing is whatever God decides he wants for you. That's blessing. You and I can never be smarter than God in any decision we can ever have. Ever. Because he's God. Arrogance, what the devil will say is, you be like God, you could do it on your own. Matter of fact, the number one sin is when what the devil told Adam and Eve, you can be like God knowing good and evil. You can make the decision on your own. That is the, the seed of the original sin in Genesis. I can make my own decision about right or wrong. I don't need God. <sighs> Point number one, we reap what we sow. We're going to talk about four things about reaping and sowing. One, you reap 
what you sow. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever. Everyone say whatever. Say it like a valley girl. Whatever. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit, what, to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Integrity is about being the same on the outside as it is on the inside. What is this? And on the count of three, yell out what this is. On the count of three. I know math is not a popular subject in the world. I'm going I'm to do that again and watch people say apple before I count to three. On the count of three, say Apple. <laughs> I'm going to count to three, and after I say the word three, you say apple. Okay? One, two, four. One, two, three. Apple. Right. If I told you that this was an orange, it was really an apple identifying as an orange. Straight up. Would anybody believe me? No, because integrity is the same on the outside and inside, and everything God made has integrity. God's not trying to trick you. So this is an apple. Same thing on the outside as the inside. If I took an apple seed and planted it in the ground, you would assume and be 100% right that only an apple tree would grow. So when you see it sprouting through the ground, you would say, that's an apple tree growing because it came from an apple seed. You will reap what you sow. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, number two, we reap after we sow. You can only reap after you sow. Look what it says, Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. For he who sows to the flesh will in the future... Of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows in the spirit will in the future reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season, everyone say season, will reap if you do not lose heart. A farmer doesn't plant corn, apples, wheat, tomatoes, tomatoes, cabbage, soybean, whatever. He doesn't put it in the ground and then go, okay, where's it at? It has a season. There's a season for sowing, and there's a season for reaping. I, I am a self-identified, um, uh, I, I, I have an addiction. I'm addicted to Instagram. <laughs> videos, little short videos. Let me give you, let me give you some science. It's actually uh, someone told me this morning, there's actually a book about what I'm getting ready to tell you. It's called, uh, the, I, th I think it's called a dopamine addiction. It's something about dopamine. Dopamine is a pleasure drug in your brain. When you feel good or when you experience something, see something or, chem or, or take a drug, you feel good. It, and one of the reasons is because dopamine, a hormone in your brain, is released from the end of a neuron and it goes over a space and another neuron receives it and it's called a pleasure drug. It is what makes you 
It, what gives you your high? One of the, depends on what drug you use. I, my drug of choice was cocaine growing up, smoked weed before that. So cocaine would go in your blood. It would go to your brain and tell your brain, release a lot of dopamine, a lot of pleasure drug. And the dopamine would be released in your brain. The other, the other neuron would receive it and you would feel good. Okay, so right now, hopefully all of y'all are having a dopamine rush in your brain because you feel really good. Hopefully. Can I get an Amen. Okay, so whatever. Some of y'all, I ain't got, I can't stand this sermon. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> so what happens is the dopamine, so what happens is Instagram doesn't do that. Instagram just gives you a little drip. Now, when you use drugs, if you have a big dopamine rush, it, it, it depletes your brain of dopamine. And instead of being high, you have a, you go down, you have a, you go low. If, if for all of you druggies, you know who you are. It's like that first high is the best high. It is because you have the freshest source of dopamine. And then you keep trying to take the drug, but it's not the drug that's getting you high. That's really giving you the feeling. It's dopamine in your brain. The, the drug is tricking you to think that it's the source of your happiness when the source of your happiness you already had. So, Instagram just gives you a little drip. You watch a quick video, and it's like, ooh, ooh, and then it's gone. Oh, I got to watch another video. Ooh, ooh. I got I to gotta watch another video. Ooh, ooh. I got to watch another video. And by, like nine hours later, you're like, ooh. That's how it works. <laughs> no lie. So, I, so, I'm watching this video, one of the 1,700 videos I watched the other day. And you ever see those videos that says, wait for it. That means that it may start out slow, but there's something coming. And so you sit there with this anticipation that something's going to come. So I'm watching this girl. She's talking about uh, Hurricane Haley. Uh, Haley. <laughs> Hillary never came. <laughs> Hillary's down in the Bahamas somewhere doing something. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> Haley came. Anyway, she's talking about, well, and this is a, it's a true interview. I've watched this thing 20 times because it is so funny. <laughs> she said, well, you know, the, the, the hurricane was coming and they were telling us that we had to get ready because we, we might have to be evaporated. And so <laughs> I was just waiting because we would have to be evaporated and everybody was evaporating around the town. And I'm like, evaporating? <laughs> I was like, I cannot wait to say evaporating. <laughs> you have to wait. When you plant a seed, the tree that's going to grow from an apple tree is going to come long after you plant it. That takes time. And so if you, whatever you are being faithful in your giving, you're like, okay, God, where's my blessing? You have to trust that God will not be mocked. You will reap a harvest, but it's going to take time, and it's going to be after you sow. Now, when you were a little kid and you were in science class, they said, oh, we're going to plant some tomatoes. Y'all remember that? They gave you tomatoes, and you put this little seed in the ground, and what did you do? You put it in the ground, and you looked at it. <laughs> Mommy, what's it going to And your, your mother's like, oh, boy, don't understand how this stuff works. It takes time. And we say it takes time. You have to wait. You are going to reap after it, the harvest. Number three, we reap more than we sow. You reap 
more than you sow. You never give whatever and then don't reap more than that back. Why? Because that's God's principle. Look what it says. For he who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will reap everlasting life. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there anything that you have that's worth more than everlasting life? No. And all you got to do to get everlasting life is to say, Lord, you know, surrender your heart and say a prayer. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but inherit eternal life. So you're saying, all I got to do is believe in Jesus and I get eternal life? All I got to do is pray a prayer of faith and repent and I get heaven? I get the presence of God? So I give this all I have? I give my pitiful self. Dear God, I'm just, I'm so, I'm desperate. I don't have anything. I just give you my heart. And God says, bam, you get heaven. Watch this. An average apple, average, has seven seeds. They go from four to ten, give or take. And the average tree has 400 apples. You could have a tree that has a thousand apples. Okay? One tree from one seed. The average apple has seven seeds. So in 10 years, 4,000 apples, 28,000 seeds from that one tree, from that one seed. In 30 years, that one seed that gave that one tree will give a whole orchard of 12,000 apples and 84,000 seeds. That's the harvest and beyond that your generosity can produce. It's unlimited. Now, we see right here, I got $20, I got to give $2, this is my tithe, I got $18, I got I to go to Starbucks and get a Frappuccino, God's like, no, no, you're thinking way, way too small. That when you sow of the Spirit, and by the way, sowing money is one thing, what about when you sow the gospel? The dudes that led me to the Lord, I was in a department store, for all y'all haven't heard the story, when I was 19 years old in a, in a black neighborhood, right before it closed at 9.30 at night, TSS in Hempstead, New York, and these two white hippies walked up to me looking like Charles Manson and pulled the Bible out, and this is a true story, and they shared the, uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I got saved. I saw them one time after that. They have no idea. That seed they sowed? Oh, my gosh. It's like... When you are generous financially, you have no idea as it passes through the church to the community, the people that get sold up out there, the thing you're going to get. Now you're like, well, well, how come I don't see it? I'll give you three reasons why you don't see it. Number one, you might have sown with a bad attitude and it didn't grow. So you lost money, you had an attitude, you didn't get the blessing, and you lost money. So you, you did it all wrong because remember, God is looking at the heart too. Or the blessing was you, 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 you gave, but you really wasn't a true uh, tithe, which we're going to talk about next week. Or the blessing was so big, you just didn't see it. And by the way, you're, if it's a real, real harvest, you won't see it all until you get to heaven. 
I don't even know if you're ever going to see it, but you're getting a reward. If you were here two weeks ago, I did a, a message on the rewards we get in heaven. Those rewards are going to be crazy. We're not, I, don't, I, I think it'll be too, way too much for us to understand and comprehend. And, and as if you watched the sermon from two weeks ago, you'll also learn that those rewards are what we give back to Jesus to thank him. It's not for us anyway. And so by faith, Lord, I am going to sow into your, through your ministry, into your kingdom, so you can do with it what you want out there and in here. Number four, we reap only if we sow. In other words, if you don't put the seed in the ground in the first place, nothing's going to happen. So I have an apple here. Everyone see that apple? I want you to imagine this apple represents your blessing, your financial blessing. And this is the apple. This apple represents the resources that God wants to flow through you, not to you. So you get the apple. This is your money. This is your finances. And you're like, man, this is what God gave me. I get, this is all my cash. I get to enjoy it myself. Oh, no, we just talked about it, that some of it has to flow through you. Claro? Clear? Okay, uh, let me say it again because I'm not sure I didn't hear that right. It didn't feel good. It, it, God gives you, blesses you with these finances, these resources, and you're thinking, could think, this is all mine. You're a cul-de-sac. It's about what you keep. No, it's about what you reap, and the only way you can reap is if you sow. And so how much of this is going to be kept by you? How much of this is going to be sown by you? Because if you eat the whole thing, there's nothing to be sown, therefore there'll be nothing to reap. I'm going to show it to you again. I'm going to show it to you. Can you see the apple? Is it on the screen? I'm, I'm here to go. I'm going to cut the apple. Now, um, please pray because I have fingers that I really love. Boom. Praise the Lord. Boom. 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 Don't want to lose my digits. Okay. I know. You can eat this. Yeah, you can eat that. You can eat that. But you got to sow that. And if you sow that, can y'all see that? If you sow that, you plant it. That's one seed. Thousands and thousands of trees. Another seed. Thousands and thousands of trees. You got to sow it and take care of it and say, Lord, I'm going to steward all of this in a way that honors you and honors your principle. I'm going to enjoy what you want me to enjoy. I'm going to sow what you want me to sow. And then I'm going to reap again based on what I've sown. And then I'm going to enjoy part of that. And then I'm going to sow part of that. And what the kingdom growth from my life and from how I steward my finances is going to honor you and bless me and bless them all at the same time. Can I get amen? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Everyone just lift your hand, put your hands like that. Anytime God gives you something and you do this, he's given you too much for you because it's not yours. I literally, my kids, my kids are older now, but 
there was a day I had to do this to my kids. And then there was a day I did this to my kids. <laughs> but I remember my wife and I took my daughter to college in uh, L.A. And we put the furniture in the room and, and driving off, my wife is bawling crying. I'm like, where are we going to get something to eat? <laughs> it's just, just how moms are. She's a mom. No, not, not wrong or right. But when we have stuff, we have to do this. Say, God is yours. There are some people in our life you have to let go of. Ooh. Let them go. But your finances, you got to say, Lord, it's yours. You gave me the ability. You have plans for this money. You can change lives with this money. You can bless me even more so with this money. You can make it grow. Or you can make it grow wings like eagles and fly away. The Bible says that riches grow wings like eagles and fly away. But it's all if I just surrender it to you. And let me be clear, surrender it to you does not mean give it to the church, all to the church. It means, God, I'm surrendering it to your authority. So I want to pray a blessing over all of you that you would surrender your financial management to God so he can be a blessing through your life more than you can ever ask or imagine and if you do that he's going to show you things that you never saw he's going to have you do things that you're like I don't know why I'm doing this and then you're going to, then he's going to say here's why but you have to wait for that it may be the next day it may be the next year it may be five years I, I, I don't know and I guarantee you some of the blessings in my life today is from stuff I did a long time ago but there's so many blessings it doesn't matter I'm not trying to keep score because I just can't handle it it's like, okay, God, I'm trying to, matter of fact, the Bible says, we'll look at it next week, that if you are obedient to tithe faithfully, that he will give you more blessings than you can handle. How many of y'all want God more blessings than you can handle? Come on, come on, somebody. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you bow your heads and close your eyes. Bow your heads and close your eyes. You can put your hands down because in a minute I'm going to ask you to put your hands up again. Lord, thank you so much for your word and thank you for your counsel. Thank you for your direction. Thank you that you have a plan for our finances. You want to bless us. You don't want us to be stressed about it. You don't want us worrying about money. You want us to be blessed and to be a blessing. By the resources you have given us opportunity to, to collect and grow and attain. If you want God to create a whoosh blessing in your finances by you allowing him to guide and direct you how to steward them. Raise your hand up in the sky. Very good, really high. Most of you, most of you, if not all of you. Keep your hands up, let me pray for you, Lord. I declare financial blessing over all these people. There's some people who don't, how to eat, don't know what they're going to eat tonight. I pray financial blessing. There's some people here who have millions. I pray financial blessing. I pray financial wisdom and stewardship and courage and faith and connections and open doors and sweet deals. And then I pray they let it pass through them to the degree that you want it to pass through them. And I pray you give them the wisdom on what they should enjoy because you give us all good things to enjoy. And then whatever comes to us that we would pass it through to the community. And then as a result, millions of people would 
come to know who Jesus Christ is. So I pray for blessing on all these people, every single one of them have a different circumstance, and that you would encourage them to sow and reap according to your direction. In Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hands down. Amen. Let's give on in. As Pastor Travis comes out, two things I'm going to say to you. If you don't tithe, start there. We're going to talk about that next week. That's the starter kit. And there's going to be information on the screen to do that. And then next, I want you to watch what God does. Anytime you pray for anything, you have to watch what God does. And God's going to do some trippy things. Some of y'all are going to have a text in your phone when you go outside. Something in your mail on a Sunday. Something's going to happen tomorrow at work. You're going to be like, oh. And all God is doing is saying is, I'm listening and I'm watching. And you just keep being faithful. You keep being faithful. And watch God do something in your life. Amen? Amen. Pastor?